The text for the sermon this day is taken from that gospel lesson, which read, And at the end of eight days, when he was circumcised, he was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. That is the text. Grace, peace, and mercy to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Who are you? Or the name of that song, or you just thought of that song. Who, 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 who are... Okay, sorry. Not that you expected to have that song today. But anyways, who are we? The question that is very commonly asked, you know, is I... Whenever you go to any... lot Working with youth and youth ministry, one of the common questions that comes is the question of identity. Who am I? The challenge when you're in high school, that is the very question that everyone asks. Or in middle school, wondering, who am I? Am I an athlete? Am I, the, am, I a, am I a smarty person? Am I a musician? Am I an artist? Am I in theater? What am I? Always wondering that question. Then you get into college, and you think you have your major figured out, and then... It changes. You decide, ah, that's not what I want to do. I want to do something else. So certain as to what you wanted to do when you got there, and then go somewhere else. If you want to know, when I got out of high school, I went from wanting to be a sports journalist to being a filmmaker. Um, so obviously that didn't happen. So I went through my own little wondering, what am I going to be? You get out of college, and then if you get your career, you're wondering what, where I'm going to go, what, where do I fit in outside of it, beyond the career, or if people go through the experience that a lot of college students are, of not getting anything and your job ends up being at Walmart or McDonald's, definitely not what you wanted to go get a master's degree for. So I don't know if you need a master's for flipping burgers or not, but that's what it ends up being, and who are you? And then maybe you have children, and then your identity gets hooked into being a mother or a father, but they graduate. You have the empty nest syndrome, and then you look at that empty house, and you're like, some, I mean, part of you is probably, yay, but there's also a little bit of who am I now? Or maybe, and then maybe the identity shifts to being that of a husband or a wife, which already was there, but even more so. But then one dies, or one ends up in a nursing home. All of a sudden, your identity begins to wonder, who are you? We are always struggling throughout our lives with who am I, struggling with our identity, trying to figure out what our place is in this world. But the thing is, as you notice, as I went through all of those, 
Every single one of those identities eventually lead to downfall. They all lead to grief. We identify ourselves by what our job is, by our abilities, by who we're dating or married to, who our kids are. None of these things, all these things are good things. But you see, the devil, in his scheming, he never, he doesn't really, the devil doesn't create anything. God is the creator. See, what the devil does is he takes things that God created good and he corrupts them. And what he does, he turns these good things in our lives into idols. The first commandment, you shall have no other God before me. What does this mean? We should fear, love, and trust in God above all things. And yet, if you focus if you really think about where our identity is, you will find that it's hitched on a false idol. I myself as a pastor, it's kind of ironic, but I hitch my identity a lot of times on being a pastor. Weird, huh? But I do that. It's all, all of us have our idols. And so we look at this text. This, it's the shortest gospel lesson of the entire year. It's assigned to the eighth day of Christmas. The reason is, is because Christmas, obviously, was celebrating the birth of Jesus. And under the old covenant law, on the eighth day, the, every male child is to be circumcised. And that is when they receive the name. So that's why in the church, today, tomorrow is not New Year's in the church calendar. New Year's was a month ago in the church. So tomorrow in the church is circumcision and the naming of Jesus. Today is the eve of the circumcision and naming of Jesus. So in the, early, in the, in the medieval church, the celebration of that day began at 6 o'clock, and it goes until 6 o'clock tomorrow. It was actually one of the highest days in the church calendar. If, in fact, if you open up our, your hymnal, inside of your hymnal there's a whole slew, whole list of festivals and commemorations. There are certain ones that are highlighted in black. Those are the ones that if they land on a Sunday, it is basically telling the pastor, I don't care what's going on, you're celebrating that. Because it is... The only days that rank higher in order than those is like Christmas and Easter and Pentecost. So they're like this, the highest of days. And so in this day, it's just, like I said, one little verse. Which is, like I said, Lutheran calisthenics, especially when you do the full service. Please stand for the gospel. What verse? You may be seated. It's like, like I said, Lutheran calisthenics. And so, but it's such... What is in that verse is packs so much into it. And in the very simple name is Jesus. What that name means, or Yeshua is as more properly pronounced. If you know anybody named Joshua, Joshua is another name for 
is another way of saying Yeshua. It's, an, it's, syn- it's a synonym to Jesus. It means Yahweh saves. Yahweh, the name of God. Give it to Moses in the Old Testament. So Yahweh saves. What does he save us from? He saves us from our sin. He saves us from death. He saves us from the devil. He saves us from the sin that leads to idolatry. Because actually every single sin that you ever commit comes down to idolatry. It comes down to following after a false god. Every single time you sin, it begins with that. Why? What does every single meaning of the, the Ten Commandments begins with? We should what? Fear and love God so that. See, without fear and love in God, whenever we do not fear and love God, we break his commandments. We sin. Anything that is ever done apart from faith is sin. Every sin comes down to idolatry. See, that is what he came to save us from. In the text, it says that he was circumcised, so, which is a foreshadowing. So this is the first time that Jesus shed blood on account of the Old Covenant, in obedience to the Old Covenant, showing that Jesus kept the entire law. Our gospel lesson this morning, I know it's cold and so people stayed in, but the gospel lesson was about Jesus being brought to the temple. It's kind of weird how we flip-flopped our readings. This is the verse that happened right before that, so... So this is our week. We went from the beginning of Luke 2 to the middle of Luke 2 to the really middle of Luke 2. Yeah, we're going back for Anyways. But he's keeping the law. But he's being fully obedient to the old covenant. And so he shed blood in obedience to that law. Foreshadowing that he would one day shed blood on the cross to bring an end to the old covenant. You are not part of the old covenant. If you were, that means, men, you have to be circumcised. That's what the old covenant would mean. By the old covenant, that also means you cannot work on Sunday. That's part of the old covenant. Or I should say, you can't, actually, technically, you can't work on Saturday because that would be the Sabbath. So from 6 o'clock on Friday to 6 o'clock on Saturday, you are not allowed to work. And at 6 o'clock, you're supposed to be in worship. 6 o'clock on Friday. And so that's what the Old Covenant says. That's how the Sabbath was. But he freed you from the Old Covenant by shedding his blood on the cross, by being crucified. That's what the name Jesus means. That's who he is. And see, when you understand who we think of who he is, that is how you get to who you are. One day, as you heard it in the gospel, this is in the epistle reading. He says, 
For in Christ Jesus, you are all sons of God through faith. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. Did you notice in that text it does not say, for a, f- a couple of you who are baptized into Christ have put on Christ. He says all. So when people say, oh, baptism doesn't do anything, it's just a symbol, it's just an act of dedication, then why does Paul say everyone who is baptized is puts on Christ? Or as he says in Romans, everyone who is baptized into Christ is buried with Christ. He doesn't say some, he says all of them, making it clear that baptism is the thing that does it. So when you come to your baptism, and actually it's kind of, the reason pastors wear our garb, what we wear, it's all symbolism, it's teaching you something. So underneath I got all black, which is not a way of saying, oh, pastors are so awesome and everybody should be like them. Actually what it is saying is pastor is a dirty, rotten, no good sinner who deserves to die. That's what the black means. When I put the white over, it is a reminder that in the waters of baptism, I have been cleansed in the blood of the Lamb, and I have been made righteous before Christ. And I am standing as a representative of the reality for all Christians. All Christians are born dead in their sins, and all who are baptized, their sin is cleansed, washed away. They put on Christ. Or as I like it in the NIV, and it translated as clothed in Christ. You're covered in him, in baptism. And that's who you are. The last hymn that we are going to sing today, God's own child, I gladly say it, I am baptized into Christ, which I am on a mission to get that at every funeral. By the way, whenever you do funerals, Whenever you think about the music you're picking, if you think about that into the future, remember your funeral is the last time you ever have to tell somebody about Jesus. Raise your hand if you have people in your family who you know are not, either are not Christian or rarely show up in church. And they'll probably be at your funeral. Guess what? That's your last chance to get it. So make sure whatever you're singing, at least one or two of your songs clearly confess Christ. Sometimes they, they, a lot of, sometimes it doesn't happen. So, look at you. Anyways, baptized, but God's own child is one of those hymns that kind of, we did not catch up to it in America because it was stuck in the German language until the 1990s. In 1991, it got translated in English. But it's such a wonderful hymn, such a wonderful confession of who, I, who we are. It starts out, God's own child, I gladly say it. I am baptized into Christ. That's who you are. Everything else, all other aspects of your life comes after it. It's, it's in the shadow or a, or a, a man, it's the way you live as a baptized child. 
It's your vocation. It's your calling. It's not actually who you are. It's how you live out who you are. You are if you are a, you're a student, you are not, your student is not, being a student isn't your, ID, your identity. Your identity is a baptized child of God who serves God as a student. If you are married, if you're a husband or a wife or a mother or a father, if you're whatever it might be, or whatever your, your, voca- your job is, you are that. That is not your identity. Your identity is a ba- child of God, baptized into Christ, and those things that you do is a, how you serve Christ. It's your calling. It's how, where God has placed you to be a witness of the gospel, to be witness of his grace, to point people to this identity. And this is incredibly important because a lot of times when people are, especially when you know, a relationship falls apart or somebody's really, de- their self-esteem is absolutely down in the pits, we, go, we come to the person and tell them, well, you know, you are such a wonderful person and you're so talented, which they might be. But at that moment, they may not believe you. Or sometimes we say, this is why we need to do something for somebody, because they're so wonderful. And they may be, but they may not believe it, or someone else may not believe it. Rather, you say, one, they're created by God. Two, when, we're ta- when you're talking to somebody, especially like, you know, somebody you know, you know they're a Christian. You say to them, and they say, like, I, I'm, who can like me? How good am I? They feel miserable about themselves. You just say, listen to me. Jesus Christ shed his blood on the cross for you. He claimed you in the baptism. You are his child. It does not matter what you think, what you feel about yourself. That is absolutely true. That is who you are. And that's what we need. I mean, in a few hours, it's New Year's. We're 2018. You have to start remembering what date to put on checks. And so, some of you who are writing 2045 for really big checks, got to go to 2046. But, <laughs> just kidding. Um, but, in two th- you're, who you are in 2016, who you are in 2017, who you are next year, you are a baptized child of God, and that is all you need. That is who, how we are to go into the new year. Luther, I mentioned this this morning. Luther talked about, talks about this in his small catechism, that every time you go to sleep, every time you wake up, Make the sign of the cross saying, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Reminding you of your baptism. That when you were baptized, the pastor says, before, just a little bit before, in fact, I um, baptized one just this week. Uh, Emmett, oh, I already forgot. Brain, okay, my brain doesn't always work. But anyways, I baptized little Emmett on Wednesday. And... I said for him, receive the sign of cross upon your forehead and upon your heart 
to mark you as one redeemed by Christ the crucified. And then a little bit later I said, I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. For in that moment he was marked, chosen, selected to be a child of God, set aside for redemption. That's when you were set aside. That's when you were claimed. That is who you are. Rest in that for the last few hours of 2017, for all of 2018, for all of your life. Because that is who, and that is who you are serving. It's comfort of who you are that you have value because of, not because of you, you have value because of who redeemed you. But also it tells you everything about how you are to live your 2018. Spending time with your Lord. I mean, think about it. When a kid is little, he talks about his father all the time or his parents. He's like, my dad could beat up your dad, you know, type thing. We should be talking about our heavenly father. Yeah, our God could beat up your God. Why? Because your God doesn't exist. <laughs> so, he, 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 he could beat air. So, our God is the only God, and he should be on our lips, and everybody should know we are his child. And we are to be witnesses until he returns, that others may be children of paradise. In Jesus' name, amen. The grace, peace, and mercy of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, keep in the one true faith to life everlasting. Amen. Please stand.